Welcome to Hot Topics in Kidney Health, brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation. Join us as we highlight the latest in kidney research, bring you up-to-date news in kidney care, dispel myths, and answer questions to help people with kidney disease or a transplant live well. Today's hot topic is mobile and telehealth. Patients have sent us questions asking us if there are any mobile health apps available for patients with early-stage kidney disease, and if mobile health and telehealth will eventually replace all in-person visits. Some patients have said that they are afraid technology may compromise their privacy in the future and want to know how to prepare for this. In the COVID era, the use of mobile health apps and telehealth has suddenly become a normal part of our lives. Patients and family members alike are wondering how new technologies can enable them to connect with their healthcare providers. In this episode, we'll hear from researcher Dr. Sarah Schrauben and NKF patient advocate Jessica Washington about how mobile health is affecting kidney patients today. Joining us today is Dr. Sarah Schrauben, an assistant professor at the University of Pennsylvania's Perelman School of Medicine in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Welcome, Dr. Schrauben. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to, to talk. We're happy to have you here. Dr. Schrauben, you recently wrote an article called Mobile Health Technology Assessment of Availability, Acceptability, and Use in Chronic Kidney Disease in the National Kidney Foundation's American Journal of Kidney Diseases. That's a really big title. Can you tell us what your research is about and what mobile health technologies are? Sure. I guess um, I'll start with what are mobile health technologies. It's really any use of technology, digital or wireless, for health purposes. You know, to looking up health information, managing your appointments, looking at your medical records, or even, you know, just reading about your medical condition. And generally, my research um, is trying to see how can we leverage or use these technologies that people are using in everyday life to help them with their health. And in, in my element of, since I'm dealing with a lot of kidney disease patients, this is why um, I did this study focused on kidney disease patients. Okay, great. Um, and how are kidney patients currently being educated about mobile health options and how to use them? Yeah, so I, I think that's a really interesting question to ask me now. When I conducted the study, it was before COVID. Um, and I had designed the study because I wanted to see how people use mobile health technology because later I wanted to develop something that could help educate them and help them uh, manage their disease at home. And then COVID hit and now everyone was, you know, forced to use mobile health technology because of social distancing, you know, I, I'm, I assume most people have either, you know, either use telephone or video based apps now specific to their institution. And sometimes we actually just have to use FaceTime to see patients. So I think now I'm sure people are using it much more than actually my study was even assessing. Um, but to kind of get your question a little bit further that in terms of mobile health apps, what's available for kidney patients are mostly directed at people with end-stage kidney disease or kidney failure, people who are on dialysis, particularly also just about education. Um, and that's where I also saw um, where we need more research into developing different types of apps that people can use at home rather than, you know, just for that select group of patients and, and more capabilities than just education. 
Um, and one thing I, I found in your study uh, that you had stated was that Black and Hispanic people seem to be more interested in using mobile health apps than whites. Um, why do you think that that was the case? Yeah, I, I agree. That's an interesting finding. It still wasn't necessarily, I thought probably there wouldn't be any difference. But a hypothesis that I have is that um, previous research has shown that people who identify with being a, a minority, like ethnically or racially, that their primary um, mechanism to get internet access is through a smartphone, rather than, let's say, Wi-Fi in the home or dial-up, old-school dial-up. Um, so you mentioned that even though mobile health can be very useful, and you kind of touched on this a little bit already, but we don't know enough about the availability and use of mobile health technology to assist those specifically with kidney disease. I was a little bit surprised by this since kidney disease does affect 37 million Americans. So why do you think that that's the case? Specifically, why hasn't mobile health technology before this time been explored in the kidney disease population? Um, that's a good question. And that's so when I when I was thinking about trying to use mobile health technology to help at least like my patients in clinic, I went to the literature and tried to find, you know, how many people are using it. Um, the only study I could find was in Australia and it was a mix of dialysis patients and chronic kidney disease patients. So that's actually what motivated the study is because I didn't find anything and reasons why I think that in terms of, kidney disease research, we lag a little bit behind, like, let's say, cardiovascular or heart disease research and maybe cancer research. Um, but I definitely think we are, in terms of the kidney disease community, that we are making up ground. And that could be another reason. Um, was there anything in the study that you found to be surprising? And if so, why was it surprising? So you already touched on a couple, which was, you know, um, minorities, you know, were more interested. The other thing was I wasn't expecting the the skill level or perceived like confidence in using mobile health technology to be so low because in this study, only about 25%, around 25% of people actually met the threshold of having adequate skill level um, because sometimes people... Um, say that the cohort that I, so that's just the, the patient population that I did the study in, they've been involved with this study for years and years and years and years and tend to be really involved with their healthcare. So some people say this doesn't represent all of kidney disease patients around the US, but even in that patient population, it was this low. What makes me think like, if we looked at everyone across the United States, like potentially, you know, people need more help in using these technologies. Um, the other thing was when I looked at what um, what factors or what characteristics of people can be associated or seems to be found in those with low levels of ability to use mobile health technology, I found that that wasn't associated with education level or our health literacy, which is our ability to uh, navigate the healthcare system to understand our health. But you're, and you're saying that that's, that wasn't the major factor was that. Yeah. Which it wa wasn't, I thought it would definitely be associated and it wasn't. So I was like, hmm. these are, um, things in studies that 
can help direct future research. You know, so we found that it was a little bit surprising. So um, I haven't done this yet, but this is something that, you know, was surprising to me that I want to explore. Or when we design interventions or training sessions, we could, you know, we know maybe what not to include in those training sessions or be mindful of based on some of these findings. That makes a lot of sense. But yes, I, I find that interesting too, because that was where my mind first went was yeah. maybe people aren't sure how to use these things or mm -hmm. it is an education thing, but if it's not, then definitely you'd want more research. Um, and you mentioned in your research that there's possibly a chance that in the near future, mobile health apps will be able to help patients monitor uh, some of their behaviors and things with their health, maybe help them manage some things. and as someone like myself with kidney disease, I think that that's a really good idea and because I think it would be really nice to know in real time how things are going, you know, when you can't get to those in-person visits or you can't see someone or it's just not that time, you know, because I go every three months, it's not that time to go. Um, so do you think that that could be available in the near future for kidney patients? Do you think that there are certain areas that we could move to a model of being able to monitor on our own with some help yeah. of some apps? Yeah, I'll answer I'll answer several of those. So I think that there are a lot of current tools that are available for people. And maybe they they aren't like, oh, this has to do with my kidney disease or this has to do with my overall um, health. So my also focus of research is in health behaviors and how can we, you know, focus on health behaviors to help our kidney disease and our overall health. And so, you know, lots of people have iPhones. Um, I don't know what the Android equivalent is to like the steps. So a lot of smartphones have your step counts. So that, so in research has been shown, you know, that the more physically active or the more steps you can get will help your, can help your kidney disease and can help your um, heart disease risk where people with kidney disease have increased risk of heart disease. So it's very important to focus on things that are heart, heart healthy. Um, so there are options for people who have certain brands of blood pressure monitors. Um, so one I have right next to me actually, um, is I'm not like trying to, um, you know, push anyone over the other, but I use this brand and it has an app you can download for free in the app store. And every morning it reminds me to check my blood pressure. And it also there are um, medication reminders in there. Uh, and this, or this blood pressure, it actually, when I check it, it automatically sends the message or the measurement to my phone and it keeps a history. So I don't have to like write them down. And then you can send that history to your doctor. So I know that's lots of steps, but, um, so why I have it next to me is because I'm uh, testing it for a study that I'm doing to try to use that particular device in a, in a study to help my clinic patients. But anyone could use it because it's available in the app store. Um, so those are some like current things that you could do in a lot of healthcare systems. Um, and I encourage people, if they haven't been informed about it, have a portal to access your medical records online or like even on your smartphone, because I know I can here in Philadelphia. Okay. What I also wish would is being developed or would be developed. I'm not sure has our um, management of 
diseases that happen simultaneously. So a lot of people with kidney disease also have another disease, you know, sometimes it's causing kidney disease. So if we could, you know, make sure that there's a, like a cohesive treatment plan and if the app could, you know, if my diabetes doctor tells me this, does this, you know, jive with my kidney disease? So that's in the ideal world. That's kind of where I, w I wish. And I, um, so I guess that maybe that will be my next research project. <laughs> so, but that's where I see like a future. But no, I think that sounds great. Tracking behaviors and access to your medical records does mm -hmm. exist currently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, uh, those are so many great ideas. It made me think <laughs> of so many things. Um, yeah, I, I like that with my, where I go to the doctor, I can look at all of my records mm -hmm. the whole time I've been with them, check things, compare things. And that's really important to me. Um, to be able to see that. Um, I love the blood pressure, sending it to your, yeah. I mean, I've tried phone reminders and that just doesn't work. I've changed the time and it just doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the idea of having it actually, you know, reminding me itself and maybe having it keep track of things as well. Cause that's the other step too, right? It's like, you got to write it down somewhere. I know. And then and so you I, a pen. And you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You gotta, it's too many steps that, and when we're, you know, I'm too lazy to do all that. So <laughs> I love I that suggestion. Um, and then I even like what you said about if you have if you have you know two different things going on or more than two, trying to kind of manage that together. Because I know for me, I've been on medications for various things, uh, thyroid things and um, kidney condition. And I do have an app that will say when you add the medication, will say, "Oh, be careful! This mixed with this could cause you know." So it kind of alerts you to that. So that's good. I, like you said, I do know there's apps like that which are really great. But yeah, I think just having people like you do research on it and, and inform us more or just, um, you know, having more resources that can even let us know these things exist. Cause I'm sure a lot of it is people just don't even know that those are options. Um, but there are a lot of things and hopefully will be more in the future. Yeah. And that's, you made me think of something now, like potentially we could develop like a toolkit. I don't know with NKF, uh, with, you know, these are the resources that are available. Like, you know, they're free, like here, click here, click here, click here. Um, so maybe I'll follow that uh, up with our, our NKF colleague. <laughs> I love that idea. Yes, that would be great. Well, uh, it's really been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, um, that's all mine. Thank you. <laughs> um, this is really all I have for you today. Thank you for discussing your research um, on mobile health technologies for kidney patients. It was really great learning more about you and about your research. Thank you all for joining us today. If you'd like to read Dr. Schrauben's paper, you can go to ajkd.org and access it for free. Thank you for listening. Patients are at the center of everything we do, and we want to celebrate your milestones every day. Today, we are wishing a happy transplant anniversary to Savannah Rosales, whose new kidney just turned four years old. Happy four years, kidney strong, Savannah. We want to hear from you. Do you have comments on this episode, suggestions on future topics or guests? Is there a kidney hero in your life that you'd like to honor? Email us at nkfpodcasts at kidney.org. Make sure to subscribe, review, and share our podcast with others. Thank you again for listening. We hope you join us next time. Until then, from all of us at NKF, we wish you good health.